Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Do you understand all the things that are going on in the world of financial technology? I certainly don't. I hear for phrases and words and things that I don't understand. For example, what is central bank digital currency? Well, I hope you know more about that than I do. But we're going to try to learn about some of the things that are going on that may affect us or certainly will affect us as consumers with the way we bank, with the way we interact with companies, and certainly our privacy concerns. So joining me today is John Burlaw. He's the Director of Financial Policy at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. John, welcome to A Consuming Interest. Shirley, it's always great to be on and talk about the work I do at the, the Competitive Enterprise Institute, CEI.org. Now, this, you just recently spoke at a conference, uh, yes. which had to do with possible changes that would affect banking systems, the way we do business, the way we have or control money, and who's in charge of it. Um, and it seems to me like what I'm reading is a move by the government to be more and more involved in our financial life and to know everything that we're doing. And uh, maybe that's a, an overstatement. I don't know, John, but let's let's explore it and find out. So tell our listeners what this conference was about. You were you were with a lot of people in the financial industry um, talking about some things that are coming up. Would you give us an overview? Yes. Well, this was this was a great conference. It was in Austin, which is a, which is a great city as far as you know music and culture and uh, everything from uh, uh, Mexican food to uh, to barbecue to yeah to tech to tex uh, um, and I was um, the regulatory keynote speaker at the Infin Money Trends uh, uh, tw- uh, 2022 conference there. Uh, which was focused on some of the innovations in uh, financial technology, um, things like, you know, like apps, like earned wage access in which you, um, uh, you could get like a ca- um, uh, an, an advance on your on your on your pay- on your paycheck and just other other tr- uh, other trends uh, that were going that, that are going on in uh, in the in the financial world in terms of you know fighting identity theft and fraud but the thing i talked about in area of government policy are the plans for central bank digital currency by the federal reserve in our country and central banks in other country and why i think that's uh, a solution in search of a problem that would create you know many dangers to uh, our 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 privacy and uh, data security and uh, just uh, financial well-being Okay, now uh, give us some idea. What is what does this mean me as a consumer? How would this change my life? I mean, it's going to first off, it's going to put the government in control of knowing everything that I do and spend. I guess they can get that information now, but it would take a little effort. But if this moves forward, this would mean that the government, the government, would know what I've got, what I've purchased, what I do, almost everything in the world about me. Is that a fair statement? I think I think it is given it would certainly give the government a greater capability to have this because under this system, the government would actually, if it issues, if the Fed issues a central bank digital currency, 
it would actually be the one with the ledger distributing money directly into bank accounts, whether those bank accounts are held at the Fed or in sort of a hybrid system where the private banks are, are sort of the servicers. Now there is a lot. There's too much the government can find out about, you know, uh, innocent law-abiding citizens, we have argued. But they usually have to go through processes like having a subpoena or a, or a, or a search warrant, other things. Banks um, uh, are required to file suspicious activity reports, which it's, we've argued the system is problematic because who is to say what is a suspicious activity and uh, what is the government, you know, doing with this, uh, doing with this data as far as, you know, purging it, if it turns out not, not, not to be useful, that, you know, it, it, that the government collects um, uh, or enforces the private sector to collect, you know, too much data on what could be just ordinary, you know, what's seemingly unusual, but ordinary uh, transactions, plus the reports of over $10,000 uh, withdrawals and deposits that have never been adjusted for inflation from the Bank Secrecy Act. But if the government were to issue uh, a, a central bank digital currency, this would multiply these issues because the government would just have that data directly and you could put controls on whether it's whether the Federal Reserve would share it with other agencies. But um, uh, how would it, there would be rightfully suspicion of whether those controls would be ad adhered to. So I just think, you know, barring any compelling reason, and I don't think there is a compelling reason, we shouldn't have a system where that information on what you spend just goes automatically to the government. Yeah, boy, that gives me shivers. Um, and I know this is being done in some countries and moves are being made to do it, particularly in some of these small Caribbean countries from what I've read. Um, and, and I don't care how it's working there. I, I really am concerned about what it would do to us. And I'm particularly thinking about what would this do to the banking industry? It seems to me like this would be a complete upheaval in the role of banks and the role of banks and its relationship to its customers. Would that be a fair assessment? Very fair. In fact, you've got groups from the Bank Policy Institute to the Credit Union National Association representing big and small banks as well as, uh, uh, as, well as credit unions. Who are saying this would just totally uh, change the, you know, it would make the deposits, you know, liabilities of the Fed rather than liabilities of banks, which would, which would mean that if, you know, if you were depositing in with the Fed rather than, you know, your local uh, community bank or credit union, it means that the bank or credit unions do not have, you know, the deposits to fund loans. So it would be a big, you know, constraint on credit as well as, uh, and th that would mean either there would be a huge credit gap or the government would have to fill in, you know, with its own, you know, uh, lending system as, as some proponents of, of, of central bank digital currency has proposed, but it's not really a system. I think most Americans want to, uh, what, what, it, what, it, what it go to. Well, in reading uh, your paper or a synopsis of what you said at this conference, um, and, and reading some other things that I found about it, it seems like there's an awful lot of concern about privacy, about what it's going to do to the financial services industry in general, and so on. And what I'm very curious about is that a move like this, which is such an, would be such an upheaval in so many ways, and giving the government more and more control, which I'm not for, um, I think that we need to really, really think hard about this. And 
We're going to take a brief break here just in a minute. But what I wanted to say is when we come back, John, I'd like for you to tell us what is the rationale, but decide, you know, I don't want you to justify it, but what are the people thinking besides gaining control over our information? Uh, what What is going on here in terms of why this would even be proposed? So anyway, we're going to take a brief break. You're listening to Off Consuming Interest here on the Federal News Network. My guest today is John Burlaw. He is the Director of Financial Policy at the at Finance Policy at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Uh, John, before we took the break, I was asking you, what is what is the the thinking by why by why we should do this? I mean, I don't I don't understand it. Well, it's three I um uh, three main reasons I would I would say one is to both um. Uh, uh, it increased the proponents say it will increase financial inclusion. Um, it will make um, remittances to other countries, you know, sending money to other countries uh, cheaper and simpler is what is what, is what they say. Um, uh, and also to compete with uh, with China, which has additional yuan. But I actually and and is moving toward digitizing its currency with its own giant ledger. Although I think the digital wand should be is actually um, a cautionary uh, a cautionary tale because China um, is explicit that this is to increase um, uh, conformity, you know, compliance with the social um, uh, uh, credit system. Um, the uh, uh, you know loyalty to the uh, Chinese Communist Party. And I don't. That's not the kind of thing that we would we, we would really. Those reasons are not why we would want it here. And I'm not saying that the federal our federal government would um, uh, actually uh, uh, do that. Uh, but um, uh, you know, why do you want to give any government the tools that could enable such a tyranny? So, and I think we also um, the dollar is 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 the choice of currency now for what are called. Uh, Stable coins like the USD, the USD Tether, USD Circle, seventy-five percent of the of, of the top three stable dollar-based stable coins coins actually have seventy-five percent of the of the uh, of the world of uh, cryptocurrency market, and they dwarf like the euro base. So we're already the dollar is already being exported digitally by some of the stable coins by by by. Uh, by private issuers, and really, uh, you know, so I don't know, and that is compete is 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 competing with China if if that's a concern. I mean, I think as for financial inclusion, I mean that's already being, uh, um, th- that's already the the private sector is already coming up with um, some some things as as far as as far as uh, as far as to help to help the unbanked and you've seen improving numbers in the unbanked we're seeing fintech apps and and uh, and and new and new types of, of cryptocurrency and and, uh, and uh, other things uh that that are that are doing that and uh, a C, uh, central bank digital currency by itself would not really do anything as far as far as as far as you know having you know solving chronic financial problems it would just be the government would have a, a fixed amount and it and it is and it is there so uh um and uh, so it's not really uh, justified i think on any of these fronts well uh it, it certainly just kind of boggles my mind 
But then also, let's go back a little bit uh, and talk about what happened during Operation Choke Point. And the concern is that this type of system could be used to do exactly what Operation Choke Point was doing, which was trying to cut off financial services to industries that the government didn't like. Is, is that a fair that analysis is, that is of a very good. That is a very good point. Some of the people at these con- this conference were actually victims and uh, um, sued under under Operation uh, uh, Choke Point as far as their um, uh, small shops. The Operation Choke Point was where um, the agencies from the Department of Justice to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation had a new um, uh, had like a list of categories of industries that they said would cause uh, banks a reputational risk. And and because of the of of the of this, a lot of people they mentioned just some of it was they mentioned like firearms. I mean, this was during the Obama administration, which didn't like uh, guns, but also fireworks and um, pornography. Um, uh, coin collecting, just a bunch of things where they, a lot of the times they didn't have really justification. And, you know, they were lumping up, you know, you know, they were basically saying that an industry was guilty until proven, uh, proven innocent. And people from, you know, uh, porn stars to uh, firearms dealers were having, you know, with no explanation other than the existence of this program that their, uh, the bank accounts were being cut off. And eventually, um, uh, under the last administration, the um, uh, the 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 around 2018, the program was officially ended. So I said uh, to you earlier that I don't think you know we would automatically become like China, but I think there is a chance for um, uh, you know further politicization of the of the banking system. And, and if you just think you know under a progressive government, it could be guns, and then conservatives could say, oh, okay, we don't like you know. Um, uh, birth control, so they're you know with the, and then and and so you don't want to encourage. I mean, we have we have a government where we debate whether certain things should be made illegal, but we should. But if the voters haven't decided that, we shouldn't use the financial system as a as a way to make them quasi illegal. And I think that's what a central bank digital currency could do because you would have the power. Um, uh, and in fact, Sally Amarova, who was the Defeated Dompany with you know bi- suffered you know had a you know a bipartisan defeat when uh, when President Biden nominated her to be comptroller of the currency. There were about five or six Democrats who objected because she was saying things like you could use a central bank digital currency uh, to credit and debit accounts of behavior you didn't like, and that was just too much even you know for. Uh, members of both parties to have that. But again, she sort of said the quiet part out loud about central bank digital currency, because that's what, you know, many other proponents are are, are saying, and that's the kind of thing it could enable. Yeah, yeah it, yes, it, 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 well, that was an interesting um, revelation there, and, and what, what she said. Um, when we come back, is it, we're about to take a break, but just and I don't know, this shows you how little I know. Is this an antitrust issue that that uh, the government would be interfering in a person, in a business's right to do business, if it's a legal business? Um, 
at any rate, we're gonna we're gonna take a pause here, John. Think about that, and when we come back, let's talk about it because. I, I, as I said, I don't know. I hope you can answer that question. At any rate, uh, to let our listeners know, they're tuned in to the Federal News Network and listening to Off Consuming Interest. My guest is John Burlaw. He is the Director of Finance Policy at the uh, Competitive Enterprise Institute. And we're talking about some of the proposals that may change the entire banking industry and the way money is held and how much control the government has over what you spend. Um, anyway, John, is this an antitrust issue for these industries that are being cut off from financial um, support from their banks or relationships with their banks and other uh, credit industries? That's an interesting question. You know, unfortunately, our government isn't subject to antitrust. So if it's encouraging them, it may not be, uh, although the banks themselves could be, you know, still charged with charged with restraint of restraint of trade. I think, but I think absent the government encouragement, you wouldn't see this. You're seeing a lot of this in the movement for environmental, um, social, and govern and governance (ESG), which my colleague Richard uh, Morrison is working on at at, uh, at at the Competitive Enterprise Institute, where you have, you know, the governments of the world encouraging banks, you know, not to loan money to like say fossil fuel companies say oil oil and oil and gas and our position has been you know we don't think the government should interfere should interfere with what banks uh let you know finance from uh marijuana in states where it's legal to uh to, to oil and gas if something's going to be illegal declared illegal it should be done by our our elect, elected officials rather than government unelected government bureaucrats and whispering and encouraging banks to do this you know we've supported efforts to clarify uh the federal government's um uh, position on on the on banks that you know servicing uh legal marijuana businesses in, in states that have declared have to de- have to de- have declared it have declared it legal we're, we're right now there was that there's uncertainty because banks and credit unions don't know if you know if, if they're violating federal law against marijuana even in the states where it's legal and we've supported bipartisan legislation called the safe banking act to uh to make it so that you know that, that there's not that confusion and that the legal marijuana dealers in states where the voters have decided it would have access to the banking system rather than arbor trucks so that that it's just in general not a good idea i think to use the financial system uh uh, to you know, to wage political battles like that, wage it you know in the halls of Congress and state and state legislatures. So it's just it's 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 a, it's an alarming trend whether that whether it's an antitrust violation or not, and it's one that would accelerate with uh, central bank digital currency. Interesting that in the Canada during the Freedom Convoy uh, with the truckers, many of them saw their bank accounts, their access to financials, and their bank accounts frozen. Um, and that was because the Canadian government, I guess, was set up in such a way that they could do that. I don't, I don't know that much about their banking system. But it was interesting because I think that's a warning lesson to us that if you do something the government doesn't like, even though it may be perfectly legal, you may get them retaliating against you and shutting off your means of support. So that's a I little mean, bit frightening. Well, let's just, let's just uh, go. I want to I find out from you whether you think this is something and look in your crystal ball. Do you think this is going to happen, or should should we as consumers 
be making our voices heard if we don't want to see this kind of system taking place? Consumers should always make their voices heard and say that Central Bank Digital, and I think it would be very useful to tell their elected representatives that Central Bank Digital Currency is a, is a, is a bad idea to tell the Federal Reserve, which has been taking comments, that it's, that it's a bad idea. I think one of the things we're going to see is um, that um, Chairman, Chairman Powell uh, has, has said he doesn't want to do this without Congress making a law uh, allowing this, but others at the Fed, and I think some in Congress, the Biden administration of what, uh, of what the, you know, just want the Fed to go ahead and do this, um, whether Congress approves it or not. So that's going to be one of the big, uh, one of the big battles is, is, you know, that will, will they try to go through, will proponents try to go through Congress or kind of through the back door? And that's something people need to be, uh, Aware about, aware of, and you know, just make their voices heard on that. Uh, first, that this yeah. should be done, and it and that and that it should certainly should be done without you know Congress giving it a giving it a vote. I mean that's you know so they're accountable to so the elected representatives are 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 the ones who are accountable, and uh, if they haven't if they haven't said that explicitly authorized this, that the Fed should not make a a move like this. Right. Well, we've only got a couple of minutes. And, and so um, we need to make our voices heard. We need to speak up about it. Do you have information on your website? I know your website is what? CEI.org? It is CEI.org. Okay. Yes, and I, you are a information about, about central bank digital currency or CBDCs is there as they are uh, abbreviated. They, they're also called things like FedCoin and digital dollar, other things, but CEI.org, we, ha we have a lot of information. We're putting up more information. Well, I, it's, it's a very fascinating subject and a little scary. And of course, I'm the one that's concerned about the privacy uh, implications and the ability of the government to control my money with just a flick of a switch. I don't, that doesn't exactly very well with me, John. We only have a minute. What was your last advice to consumers? Well, is Complain. to uh, to to make your voice to make your voices heard on on this on this issue and uh, and and talk and uh, talk about how how it would uh, would hurt you and you know what uh, these threat these new threats to privacy as well as uh, as well as as well as access to credit and capital. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting uh, proposition, and I I would think. Oh, I do. What one fast question? Does the uh, Fed have the ability with the administration, without Congress, to make the decision? If Congress doesn't pass a law that approves this, can the Fed go ahead and do it? I would say no, but there are people at the Fed who, and I think in the in the Biden administration who think who think differently on that but i would certainly say they do not um uh, that congress has to that, uh, that congress has to approve this and chairman powell well, said he wouldn't want to do anything without congress but we will see that i think there are other people pushing him as far as uh as far right. as that as that goes thank you john for an enlightening uh, uh interview it's always great to have you on um just let our listeners know they've been tuned into off consuming interest my guest has been John Burlow, Burlaw. He is the Director of Finance Policy at the Competitive Enterprise Institute.
Their website is CEI.org. They're a nonprofit, um, and they've got a lot of information there. It's very useful information to help you decide whether or not you've made a decision about whether you not this idea of the Fed having the federal government having control of most of our banks. I'm Shirley Rooker, and we thank you for joining us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know eight out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.